2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
5: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. Lakers crush Blazers an even series. Vegas upgrades L.A. to an 85% chance to win the series. How much of that is Dame's injured finger? This afternoon, Raptors win big. Now 10-1 straight up. 8-3 against the spread in the bubble But how much of Toronto's title odds have improved, that is even a bigger shocker. In 30 minutes, 76ers a must win game three. That motivation edge typically has betters favoring Philly, but 77% of betters back in Boston. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas. from the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
5: You heard it, I'm R.J. live on a Friday. And, oh, he has a sad look on his face. Steve Fezzik, How you feeling, buddy? Not so good, R.J. Nobody cares. We br- <laughs> we br- we're all loving it because you were peacocking around before. Blazers, not looking so good. How can you split... And be worse off when you're a huge underdog. We'll get into it. We're broadcasting on 225 FSR stations across this great nation. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. He's in L.A., He's a Joe. Jonas Knox.
3: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got the top seeds making a statement last night in the NBA. Another full slate of NBA playoff games all throughout this Friday. What is the Vegas lead for us here today?
5: Fez losing. Blazers. Blazers.
3: That's right. The Blazers, Fez's team, uh, came up just a tad bit short in their game two (laughs) effort against the L.A. Lakers last night. 111-88 was the final, a dislocated finger for Dame Lillard and a series tied at one game apiece.
5: All right, so here's the thing. We can have fun with it because I thought it was a horrible bat. And it's more that when he won that first game, just the swagger. So I'm just going to let you explain how you're feeling right now with your Blazers pick.
4: I'm not feeling good at all. I know Dame broke his finger, dislocated it, but I'm going to be honest. Even if he didn't dislocate his finger, Portland looked gassed last night. We got bad news. One of their other starters, Collins, is out for the year. a starter? Collins is a starter, yes. How many minutes he play a game? He's like a 15-minute, 20-minute guy. So, so, it doesn't sound like it means much. It normally wouldn't, but Portland isn't a deep team. So, because of that, it is a factor. But I got to tell you, RJ, Nurkic looked a little slow. McCollum has a back injury. He looked slow. The entire Portland team absolutely disappointed. This was not so much about the Lakers playing well, in my opinion. Anthony Davis played well, not the Lakers. But Portland played a horrible game, and then, of course, their star player got injured on top of it.
5: So here's the question. Are you potentially reacting with too much emotion? Because what we do know is this. In every series— I mean, think back to some of those uh, Celtics Lakers classics in the 80s. Mm-hmm. One game, you know, LA comes in, loses by 43 with no air conditioning. Next game, they win by 20. I mean, it's a heavyweight fight at this NBA level where if you have competitive teams, they're exchanging haymakers. And think back to anyone's title that didn't sweep. Usually there's one game in the finals that they look horrible. So when the Blazers have played, this is the first game of 10. They play 10 games in the bubble now, right? Eight before and two in the playoffs.
4: Three in the playoffs because they had to play Memphis to get in.
5: Oh, good point. So 11 games and they've had one bad one. Yes. So, uh uh-oh, I'm worried. They have one bad out of 11. By this count, you know, come October, they're going to have another bad one. I mean, like what – other than the injury – Isn't this – aren't you really telling the nation, Steve, that you didn't really like Portland to start with? And all it took was one loss that didn't look good – that you are going to jump
4: ship. Well, here's what was most disconcerting. I don't think the Lakers played well at all. I don't think so, we got the Lakers. So what's the, the Lakers...
5: definition of playing well? Because I know when Anthony Davis does 30 or more, you usually don't like it. <laughs> so explain to me, what, what is the metric you're using for not playing well? All right, so
4: I watched the game. Anthony Davis was a beast. LeBron underperformed. LeBron right, was so nothing hold special. Hold on a second.
5: He, did he need, I mean, he had 10.7 assists, six rebounds. How many shots did he have? Right? Did he go four for 30? No. Okay. So, how many shots? I mean, so I'm confused. If LeBron can actually not use a ton of energy, distribute the ball around, and get a win, that seems like LeBron played a hell of a game, right? Well, Cause he... the, here's the thing we don't have to have affirmation that LeBron's good. That's the weird thing about. Playoff basketball, two things happen at once every game, as you know. One, the teams potentially get reevaluated. But that's a small piece of the puzzle. How much are you going to change a team after a whole year on one game? The other factor is you now have to win one more game, or if you won, one less game to win four out of seven. Are you really going to doubt? I mean, other than the injury, and we can decide how we're going to address that, if you play one bad game out of 11, unless there's something that's fundamentally changed, why be so worried? Because L.A. got
3: open threes all night long, and they really didn't make very many. That's what
5: a bad game is. Yeah. What do you think, Jonas?
3: I think that the Lakers maybe didn't play as well as they're possibly capable of, but I think their defense has been really impressive the past two games against Portland. Uh, it's the worst Portland's looked, and I think a lot of that is due to because of the Lakers defense. It's the worst Dame Lillard look before the injury. That's due to the Lakers defense. So maybe offensively, they're still not finding and sinking altogether, and LeBron didn't have a big point output and didn't have a big statistical output, but the fact that they still won by 20-plus and LeBron didn't play, quote-unquote, that well, I think might be problematic for other teams in the West.
5: And I agree for sure that LeBron didn't play that well. He had four for 11 on field goals, uh, 0 for four from threes, and and here's it, six turnovers. So not great. I agree. But we don't reevaluate LeBron because of that. And I think the one thing that would give you some hope here is that we figured the Blazers would get tired at some point, point. and what thought was it might have been Game One mm-hmm. when they didn't. You know how the emotions are at that point. It's like if you got to win one. You know when you used to be, you know, a finance guy an actuary. You had some big report due. You worked three nights <laughs> up to one thirty in the morning. What happens to that adrenaline after you get you successfully submit that big report? Ah, you can feel it seeping out of you, right? Yes. If there was ever a time for a letdown spot, it's so funny. Jonas, yesterday we were talking about, and I'm R.J. Bell, we're straight out of Vegas, how some guys in the media, no matter what they see, <laughs> will stick to their take. And what did I say about Fezzik?
3: <laughs> I said, he
5: gets so scared, he's wrong, he starts to backtrack. Let's, let's agree to the following. If I said this leading the show, if there's ever been a team this season – that was due for a letdown after upsetting the Lakers and getting in the playoffs, it would be the Blazers. Yeah, that's certainly true. You know why I'm doing this, Jonas? I want to get his hopes back up so when they get crushed, <laughs> we can see him get depressed <laughs> again. You're
4: just going to look to win another bet
5: against me. <laughs> so let's look at the odds. So before, Fez, before this game, the percentage chance of the Blazers winning was what? 33%. So. One out of three, I think that is. Let me see. Yep. The odds now? 15%. That's less than half. (laughs) So, how much of that is Dame's finger? How much of that is the series is now 1-1 and the Lakers look good?
4: I think it's about 50-50.
5: Okay. So, about 15%, you think of this, is on his finger yes okay I I agree first of all if you actually look at the blazers as I said when you made your pick shockingly there were computer ratings that I trust that had the blazers downgraded from the eight games they played in the bubble which seems crazy but a lot of it was them winning games by two that they should have won by three based on the the f- spread. And it was just so exciting, it felt bigger than it was, right? So to me, I, I, was, I was impressed with the results, but I, I just didn't see. And, and I think it could be the Blazers would come together as a team, which they obviously did with that first round or first game win. I just am flabbergasted, other than the finger, that if you split two games and you're a big underdog, your odds are supposed to improve, right? Because you weren't supposed to split the two, so now to win three out of five is easier for the worst team, the lesser team, than to win four out of seven. So, other than, do you agree that's generally the case? Absolutely. And you think it's all just damn. What else could it be? Collins is out, but he's not that significant. <laughs> could you imagine, like, like a Blazers fan you got his hand
3: in his hurt, you know hurt in his hand? I, yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder if it's because they're not going back to Portland for games three and four. Well, but I, I mean that's it's all known, you know.
5: Yeah, but it's an interesting point. If we're looking at the typical seven-game series that I'm comparing it to, if you split the first two, that now means you have more games at home, right? Yeah, I mean you're making an interesting point in that. How much of that has to do? You know, you've effectively – the underdog effectively has home court at that point.
3: Because I don't think Dame's finger is really the cause of this. It's his non-shooting hand. I don't think that it's nothing. I think that it is noteworthy. But it's his non-shooting hand, and it's Dame Lillard. He's going to play regardless. I think last night looked bad to a lot of people, and they've seen two games in a row that Portland offensively is not the same against this Laker defense.
5: Yeah, but when you win one of them – I know. It's pretty good. So, I would agree. Great point, Jonas. And But I think that's as, you know, the extra home game, usually versus all neutral, is going to be a small difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, Fed. It's not uh, tw- uh, more than 20 or 30 cents, you think? I th- actually think yes. Well, how much would you say?
4: I think it'd be like 40 cents.
5: Yeah, so yeah. perhaps 40 cents. But the actual move, we were talking percentages. What, were the, what was the Blazers' uh, take back before and now? 20% chance to win before the series started. Yeah, but I'm saying the take back,
4: the actual financial... They were hun- plus 360 before the series started. And plus 362? Now it's plus 450.
5: Okay, and wow. you're saying about 30%, 40% per- of that has to do with it being neutral court, whereas typically it wouldn't be Yes. if there's a split. Mm-hmm. Great
3: point, Joan. Is coming in strong <laughs> well, there. So even after they get a game... They're worse off. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I was surprised yeah, by. It's a little but, crazy.
5: Y, but you make an interesting point, right, is typically that split would give them home court. It doesn't here. I think that's a factor. Yeah. And I think Dame's a factor. And I also think this, the Sharps really haven't been on the Blazers as far as I can see. I mean, you tell me. If, I mean, if you looked at... The series price you look. I mean, how did you see the sharpness coming? I mean, I know you were on the Blazers.
4: Yeah, the sharps did not come in on the Blazers. If anything, when I saw the tickets and the like it was the public, which always scares me, it was the public <laughs> that was betting the Blazers.
5: And listen, if I think when I think of public, I think of Steve Fazek. So I mean, like to me that that works perfectly.
3: <laughs> I am Elma J. Butt, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht.
5: But he's a man of the people, Jonas. <laughs> Last thing on this. Pregame.com Mackenzie in research has an interesting one. Blazers changed hotels the night before the game. So why did they change hotels?
4: Because there's only 16 teams left, so they're consolidating. Mm-hmm. So they moved, I think, over to the,
5: the Grand Floridian. and. So this wasn't a sign of some discontent. It was an upgrade, effectively. Yes, but still a disruption to have to Yeah, move. but I... I don't think that. W- I'm guessing all the guys didn't have the bags like Chevy Chase and vacation. You know? so, so, but I thought potentially if there was some tumult, could have been a problem. But I don't think so.
4: Willard lost his executive suite. Are you joking now? No, I'm serious. He had he had an upgraded suite. How do you know about this? I just <laughs> listened to NBA, you know, dot com, and they were talking
5: about, NBA TV. And you still played the Blazers. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to keep going down the list. Raptors look great, but there's a bigger story here. The second tier favorites have about a good a chance to win the title as we've seen in a long, long time.
3: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Vegas.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I know it'll take you a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA.
0: Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code CRSHOW Show. New customers could play 5 bucks, get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code CRSHOW,
2: CRSHOW, only on DraftKings Pick 6.
1: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal.
0: What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get an early look at the tip-off at the bottom of the hour in the NBA playoffs.
5: And I got an announcement. I'm doing a last-minute bet on this game. We're going to do this in this Philly game in just a minute. Great day to join us. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year. Thank you so much for the support. Promise, best football season yet. Got a football preview coming up. What team we got today, Fez? Cleveland Browns. Ooh, the Browns. You can listen to the podcast. Just search RJ Bell or straight out of Vegas. Weekend's a good time to catch up. If you missed any of the show, Tisk, Tisk, right here in Vegas. Excessive heat warning on the strip. 109. The neon is hmm. Boiling again.
3: So, RJ, you mentioned the game coming up at the bottom of the hour, tipping off a little over five minutes from now on TNT. It is game three between the Celtics and the 76ers. Boston, a 2-0 series lead in that one, and a six-point favorite in game three on pregame.com.
5: Typically, this is an all-in game for the team down. Think about how many times in a seven-game series – You see the home team win the first, home team wins the second, and then that first half, that crowd is rocking. Now, no crowd's going to be rocking, but you would think you're down 0-2, you lose, pretty much the series is over. You win, it's a series. Sounds like a big game, right? I think it is. I believe the following. Philadelphia realizes it's a very slim chance they're going to win this series. And here's something we'll say a couple of times, I think, in the playoffs, first time. Every game Philly wins is another two days in the bubble. I think if you know you're not going to win and you don't like that bubble, I got a question. I'm not saying they're not going to try to win. I'm saying that, oh, no matter what, to the death, kind of fight to not lose this game. What I know is this when they they were down by 6 at halftime in game 2. Competitive, right? Mm-hmm. Lost by 27. There was no set there was a certain point Fez, I'd say it felt like Philly gave up well before maybe other teams would which is I think a good predictor of what you get if they get down I, I think they play hard at the beginning. They get down at all here 10 8 10 points in the 3rd. It might be, uh, let's pack it up.
4: I agree. And you got to be worried about that effort level. Game two was a home run I'm not worried.
5: I'm ecstatic (laughs) because my bet is going to be on Boston minus five and a half. Five and a half. This is not a best bet. We'll call it a bet. It's a last-minute bet, but it's a bet for me.
4: Yeah, and what we saw from Philly in game two, very disconcerting if you were backing Philly effort level. Turnovers forced. Philly only forced seven turnovers. Now, that's less than half the NBA average. And I think it goes to the fact that Philly was just not putting forth a playoff-type effort in that game. And if you don't put a playoff-type effort in Game 2, how is it going to come in Game 3, especially if they get down in this game?
5: We don't want to really look too squarely in the eye of this, but when these guys are making 30, 40... You know, a guy like Embiid's making, what's he, 30-plus million, right? Yeah. And... It's like how he's sleeping in a place he doesn't want to sleep in. I mean, a lot of if you think about it, when a guy like Avery Bradley said, "You know, I'm not even going to bother and come down," everyone went to great pains to say, "Hey, hey, fair choice, fair, relax, have a fair choice." But now a guy comes down, spends a month, and then it's like, you know, we're not going to win this thing. I've got a private jet waiting for me. Which one of those are more egregious? And I'm not saying I I know anything about Bradley's situation. It's not about Bradley. I'm talking about anyone that opted out that maybe if it wasn't purely medical, you got to ask yourself, okay, we can judge that however you want. But if someone's in a borderline no-win situation, you might say they're not in a no-win situation. Well, listen, they know what they're in. And it seems like in the second half of Philly against Boston, Philly didn't look too confident. So I don't like Embiid much. As a tenacious player, but I kind of get it here. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be like that, but I kind of get it. What do you think, Jones?
3: I think teams and players are more willing to accept their fate in the bubble than in a normal circumstance, which is why I think a team down 0-2, and we talked about not getting that buzz from the home crowd to open up a game three, I think they're more willing to, to I don't know if lay down is the right term to use, but more willing to just understand, alright, this isn't our year, it's not going to happen, let's go ahead and get out of here.
5: Do you take fish oil supplements?
3: Uh, yeah. yeah.
5: And you always do? Yeah, it's part of uh, this like, Your phrasing's been so good lately. <laughs> No, I mean, like, you're you're a great um, announcer. I mean, like, your voice is awesome, your inf- inflection. But your choice of words in the last week or so has been awesome. Marriage must be treating you well, huh? It's
3: pure luck. Uh, that's all it ah. is. It's pure luck. It's just been a good couple I'm just days.
5: saying. I'm just saying. Jonas <laughs> Knox. I'm R.J. Bow, Steve Fezzik, not quite as loquacious. You'd agree with that, right? But I'm taking my fish oil. It's uh, That's even worse. <laughs> if somehow you said I wasn't, oh. then we could say, okay, it kind of makes sense. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about these second tier favorites. So I think, well, it's objectively true. The first tier, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. Now they were all about three to one, and there's been a move there that's surprising. Let's set that aside for a second. The next tier, we've got Boston, we've got Toronto, and we've got Houston teams that I think everyone agrees have a chance to win it. But remember, NBA seven-game series typically, not in the bubble, typically the better team wins more often than any other sport, any other playoffs. Why? Seven games, first of all. Well, baseball, seven. Hockey, seven. True. But the amount of luck there is in a baseball game, one swing of the bat, three runs, let's say, or he just goes foul and strikes out the next one. That's three out of maybe ten runs in a game, thirty percent. What kind of playing the NBA is more than three points out of two hundred plus? So it and then in hockey we know how streaky that is. Sure. And it, each goal is one fifth or whatever of the of the uh, scoring. So if you go back and look at the title winners, it's. Like literally, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic, Hakeem. There's like nine people that's been like on 85% of the title teams like for 40 years. This is the year. Why? I think we have some compromised and, you know, rickety leaders or, or title favorites. No one looks that good. And I think we got some really tenacious Second tier teams, Toronto, Boston, Houston, but it's the variance. Who knows what factors are affecting things? Just yesterday, we were saying Lakers in the bubble, maybe that's a problem. Now they look good, but who knows? And the market agrees. Toronto, just when the bubble started, 20 to 1 to win the title, 8 to 1. 8 to 1. Boston was 18 to 1, 10 to 1. Houston 16 to 1, 12 to 1. So literally, you've got Milwaukee, Lakers, Clippers, then Toronto at 8 to 1, Boston at 10 to 1, Houston at 12 to 1. That six teams, 12 to 1 or less. I haven't seen that in the NBA maybe ever, Faz, Can you think of it?
4: I cannot, and what a change in the narrative, right, when we were talking about the big three. Which one of the big three was going to win when we headed to the bubble, and now all of a sudden this thing is looking
5: more and more wide open. I haven't heard you talking about your Milwaukee ticket as much.
4: Yeah, and I was it's funny I was touting that ticket at 3 to one right? we talked
5: about it like 9, 10, 11 times.
0: <sighs> yeah. Well, think of it like this. One game.
1: If we played them 10 times, they might win 9 but not this game not tonight
5: well actually if you only win 1 out of 10 it's not going to help you with that <laughs> with the Blazers either actually yeah I don't want
4: to go back to the Blazers
5: who, if you had a free roll right now and I'm going to ask Jonas the same question meaning you pick the team and McKenzie was going to give you 10,000 if that team wins who do you take? Milwaukee Uh huh. Jonas?
3: <laughs> any team I could have any team
5: not the Globe Trotters, yes, okay. but any
3: team. I would probably say Milwaukee as well.
5: Ooh, I would too. Here's what's fascinating. I mean, they've been three to one, all three of these teams, I mean, pretty much from the bubble. I mean, pretty much from March. Right now, Lakers four to one. So the market's saying, yeah, they look good, but it was more anti-blazers, it seems fast, than Pro Lakers. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee plus 350. Where'd you get their take at? Three to one. So if you just played it now, you'd be better off than all the people who followed you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the L.A. Clippers plus two fifty. So somehow, some way, the Clippers what they've done in the playoffs specifically, because we all know the bubble didn't count, has got them like people particularly excited about the Clippers.
4: Doesn't make a lot of sense considering they barely cover against Dallas game one when Porzingis got hurt.
5: Well, was ejected. So, the um, so he was absent for the two quarters. And if you look at the margin, in the six quarters they've had Porzingis, Dallas has dominated. And in the two quarters they didn't, they lost significantly. Does I mean, hey, that could be an aberration. But the NBA X's and O's guys are telling me, or I'm hearing specifically, that— The matchup edge the Clippers had in the regular season with the great wing defenders Mm -hmm. and that being uh, Dallas' strong suit offensively, that Carlisle is doing things that just are turning it on its head and it feels repeatable. It doesn't feel like they just shot the lights out. It feels repeatable. And I, once again, am going to ask this question. Where is the proof that Paul George performs in the NBA playoffs, when the stakes are highest, is one of the key players on the team. We went back all the way back to against the Heat with the Pacers. He was one of the, the uh, you know of many in that, and he played fine. But this is all if, if somehow Paul George was out, no one would have the Clippers as the favorite. This is about Paul George, and I I'm not saying he can't do well. I'm saying history doesn't give us any indication of that. What do you think, John?
3: and I also think that his he was icing up his shoulder that was another storyline that started to develop after I think it was game one or game two that he was dealing with a little bit of a, a sore shoulder issue and that was uh, the same shoulder he had surgery on in the offseason the same one that caused him to miss the first I want to say 10 to 12 games of the regular season so you're wondering whether or not that's starting to break down again so yeah there's a lot there's a lot of questions with the Clippers this is not going to be an, a, an easy role uh, to advance to that the next round at all
5: my grandfather passed away a couple years ago when he was 93 he was still working out he had less injuries (laughs) than it seems like everyone on the clippers (laughs) i mean like literally they all i mean beverly he didn't play in game two what was the reason for that i've been hearing about how when this team gets together yeah, it's like when the calendar says, like, 060606. Um, 06, 06. I mean, it happens, like, once a century or whatever. I don't get it, but the market is saying Clippers. I know, Fez, we know that the futures market is mostly square money. It's the Joes out there betting it. But when there's a move like this, does this feel public to you, or do you think the pros are stepping in? It feels like a reaction to the fact that
4: both the number one seeds lost their first game and everyone looked at the Clippers and they said, you know what? Here's a team that should be getting better and better because of all those different pieces coming together with more reps together. And I, I think you made a great point on the show yesterday. You talked about Kawhi Leonard and how the feeling, oh, well, Kawhi is just, he he single-handedly won the title last year. Toronto would have no chance without him. Well, Toronto's pretty good without him, right?
5: Yeah, and it's with everyone they had. Without Kawhi, listen, I don't think they would have had a chance because Kawhi's mentality was so key to them. But that was a piece of the puzzle, whereas he'll have that same mentality. But is Paul George and these other alphas on the Clippers as open to letting Kawhi lead them? It felt like Toronto said, show us the way, and he did. It doesn't feel like these guys are saying, show us the way, Kawhi. Maybe they got a chance to win it. I'm skeptical, and then we're going to preview the Mavs and the Clippers.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bow.
5: All right, Clippers are favored. Updated odds by five in this game. Remember, neutral game one was five and a half. Yes. Okay, so this—oh, I'm sorry, game two was five and a half. Yes. Okay, so what the market is saying is, though the zigzag, and drink out there if you are drinking on zigzag, but not driving, hopefully, says, okay, the odds should move in the Clippers' favor because they just lost the last game and they're going to be more motivated. Would you agree the odds not doing that? Moving against the zigzag is the market reevaluating the distance between these teams. They've upgraded the Mavs off of Game 2.
4: Exactly right. And the marketplace, frankly, likes what the Mavs have done throughout the series. Remember, the Clippers led Game 1, to 18-2. And Carlisle has made the right adjustments for Dallas. Since that point, Dallas has been the much better team. Not just Game 2, but in Game 1 when they got back into the game.
5: That said, I'm passing, and here's why. The Clippers are a team that their typical effort is lower. Their baseline effort is lower than an average NBA team, meaning they turn it on and off more. You might say, yeah, they're champion level. Oh, Okay, maybe. But this is a high motivation spot. So in general, I'm going to have more than a few Clipper spots where I'm going to have questionable motivation with the Clippers. So I fade them here Kawhi starts deciding to play really tough D up and down the court. I don't want to bet against that. It's just I don't think that team, the Clippers, can do that for enough games. And plus, when they get against a Milwaukee, they get against maybe even the Lakers, it's not just that they try really hard, they're going to win because they're equal teams. Yeah, Clippers are better than the Mavs. So if you bet the Mavs, you're going to want the motivational edge. I don't think I have it. Now, if I was getting a premium... On the Mavs, like seven, because oh, the but I'm actually getting a worse line, so I agree with the market for upgrading the Mavs, but that upgrade is causing me to say I don't want to bet at a worse number against a motivated Clippers team. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I agree with that, and I think. The double-digit loss. When you're a big favorite, a significant favorite, and you lose by double digits, you absolutely... I kn- I know we think playoffs, everyone's fully motivated, but they
5: really should be bringing it the Clippers tonight. Alright, when we come back, we have the NFL preview for the Cleveland Browns. Fez, do you have a best bet on this one? I do. Oh, it's going to be good.
3: That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money making time next on Fox
2: Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires
1: for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tirerack.com/sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's
0: tirerack.com/sports, tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So,
3: R.J., we continue our countdown to the NFL season. Another team previewed here today, and it is team number 14, according to Steve Fezik, and it's those Cleveland Browns.
5: Now, we have many, many new listeners since last season, but longtime listeners know this sound. It means there's a crossfire. There's no doubt I'm betting against Fez on this one.
4: Go ahead, Fez. Wow. Cleveland Browns under eight and a half. Best bet for me. Cleveland Browns, an organization with a history of losing. It's been terrible. Cleveland 12 straight losing years.
5: Oh, 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 Hold
4: on, hold on. Jonas, did you get this? I got it.
5: The Browns, historically, aren't
3: great. Yes.
4: Yet, for whatever reason, people love betting on the Browns. We saw people betting on the Browns seemingly on a weekly basis when they were winning 0 and 1 games. Look, at last year, the Browns' season win number was 9. Coming into the year, lots of hype, lots of weapons translated to only 6 wins. The Browns, for whatever reason, are seemingly overrated in the betting marketplace every year.
5: I don't have to say anything. (laughs) I mean, I'm officially, for the rest of the show, you're the Joe. Jonas is sharp. <laughs> I mean, literally, your analysis was, a couple years ago, the Sharps liked the Browns, and you think there's just a natural propensity towards them. There's something about the Browns and that crappy uniform and that goofy color they got, on the, the, the brownish color, that they're like... Well, I'm attracted to that somehow. I'm just going to bet them mindlessly. Well, they got sexy
4: weapons. They got Beckham. They got Landry. And they got Baker Mayfield. It's always making good commercials. And for whatever reason, the betters seem to gravitate to this team.
5: I'm going to turn his mic off for one minute. Say something. Can't hear him, can you? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Settle in. This is absurd what he's doing. This is the year to bet the Browns. You know why? Because last year, everyone did. did oh, I was going to ask him if he did, but his mic's off. I, I'm going to turn up. You had? Did you have the Brown season win last year? I played it under. Oh, I'm, <laughs> all right. So what happens most of the time is, oh, look, everyone gets excited about the Browns, and then they lose. Next year, do you want to bet the Browns? Not with your money, I wouldn't bet the Browns. Jonas, I'm guessing you've had that experience, right? Uh,
3: yeah, I've had that experience. I, 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 I'm I, the opposite this year with the Browns. Opposite of me or Fez? Of like, uh, Fez. I think this well, is the year. Yeah, because you're
5: the sharp right now. <laughs> and here's the rationale. The things that everyone liked about the Browns last year are even more so this year. As in, you've got all those weapons still, still young. Baker's a year more mature. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. I think he's going to be better than last year. When, By his own admission, he wasn't as focused as he should have been. The big problem with a shorter quarterback, the press in the middle of the line. Center guard, guard, improvement on the line. Baker gets some time. It will be more like his rookie year. He was pretty good. New coach, upgrade for sure. And I only got to go 9-7, and seven, so the Browns don't have to make the playoff. I just got to be slightly better than 500 with a team that might have as much talent as any in the league, or that's a little much, as much young talent as any in the league, and I only got to win nine, I'm over. I'll give you a closing 30 seconds. (laughs) Oh, I, would, I do just, think yeah. you bring
4: up a great point. Will Baker Mayfield have happy feet in the pocket? Because with Conklin coming in with the first-round draft pick, Willis, if he stays in the pocket, that will
5: absolutely – Well, when you're five, 9 you can't stay in the pocket when they're coming up the middle. They will, hopefully, they won't be this year. he's rolled into pressure for two years now. Jonas, what's your main take on, on the Brown season?
3: Uh, I'm unsure about Pittsburgh. I think Baltimore's the best team in the division, but I think Cleveland's the second best. I like their roster, and I think they're going to simplify things. I don't think Stefanski's going to go in there and try and give Baker too much, and I think he's going to play much better football because I think he knows he has to.
5: Now, it would be a valid point to say betting on any COVID – in this COVID offseason, betting on any first-year coach might be a tough thing to do. So I'm concerned about that. I do think the simplicity of the system – Helps. I'm over nine or eight and a half. Fez is under on the Browns.
3: Straight out of Vegas brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio.